You're listening to the Clear Creek Resources Podcast from Clear Creek Community Church, located in the Bay Area of Houston. Welcome everyone to the Clear Creek Resources Podcast. I'm Rachel, thanks so much for joining us today. This is our last episode covering the different types of personality from the perspective of the Enneagram. Today I talked with Kara, one of our student assistants at our Eager Bay campus, who's an Enneagram nine, and Yancey Arrington, our teaching pastor, who's an Enneagram eight. They talked about the different ways that they move through the world and how this has challenged and also helped them as they follow Jesus and love their neighbors. We hope it's helpful. Yancy and Kara Dawson, welcome to <laughs> our podcast. Yancy, it's good to have you back. Thanks for having me, Rachel. Appreciate it. Kara, I'm so glad you're here. This is your first time, right? Yes, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> it's always a little intimidating. There's cameras and lights, but uh, it's going to be really fun. I'm excited about it. This is our last episode when we're talking about the Enneagram. Talking about Enneagram 8 and 9. And no one is surprised to hear that Yancey is an Enneagram 8. (laughs) What? If you know anything about it. I thought I was a (laughs) 1. An 8, yes. I'm an 8. I'm an 8. And Kara is an Enneagram 9. Yes. And so we're going to hear just a little bit about how you see the world, um, some of your challenges and your superpowers as this type of person. Um, But before we even do that... Um, Yancy, we talked at the beginning of this podcast series with Bruce a little bit about, you know, just what the Enneagram is and why we think it can be helpful, but what it is and what it isn't. And since you're here today, I wanted to hear a little bit um, about your perspective when it comes to that. Not even just Enneagram, but things like the Enneagram. How should we think about things like this as disciples of Jesus? Yeah, I think it's helpful to recognize that Christians all across the spectrum have different uh, perspectives and convictions about the things they want to entertain that are produced by uh, the world. And I, when I just say world, I just mean the secular world. It's not produced by the church. And so that could be that could be anything. That can be technology. <clears throat> that can be science. That can uh, even be psychology. And so uh, we have a little bit of that here with the Enneagram. The Enneagram, for those of you who don't know, and just for the record, I'm not an expert on it. Uh, I'm, I'm not as studied in it uh, only because, uh, well, it, it really doesn't even matter. It just, it's a personality test. There's the Myers-Briggs. There's, there's a thousand different personality uh, examinations <clears throat> that allow us to put people into categories or into types whereby we can understand them better because they generally have a similar way of thinking. So the Enneagram does that with, I was nine different mm-hmm. categories. Uh, I, a long time ago, our church, we used to use uh, a somewhat similar diagnostic, but we used animals and there was only four. And so we didn't, we didn't get that from the scriptures. It's not like, Hey, we looked in revelation and there's a lion, there's an Eagle. <laughs> I mean, um, Ooh, we, that'd be cool. Though. <laughs> uh, that would be kind of cool. Um, but this is just one of those kind of tools. And so Clear Creek historically, uh, and and all the way up to today, uh, our philosophical position is we're what's called an, we're an integrationist. In other words, like we want to be able to see what the world has out there, uh, whether it's uh, personality profiles or microphones or technology, and uh, we want to be able to chew that up 
You know, swallow the meat and spit out the bones. And so that means that calls for a level of high discernment, but we're also highly engaged in the culture. And so we feel that that's the best way that God calls us to be followers of Jesus. And so uh, the Enneagram is one of those things where we're looking at, we've looked at it in the past, seems to be helpful. Uh, Our experience was, I believe Bruce mentioned this, the first time I ever was exposed to this was from a, a, a pastoral ministry, pastoral care ministry, uh, and leadership ministry, where we had some people come in to work with our executive staff, and they just gave us this diagnostic called the Enneagram. I didn't know anything about it. I just answered questions, and, and, and you know, there you were. So that's kind of our position on it. Now, I understand that there may be some people here that, that, uh, that feel maybe they have a more conservative position. I don't even know if I want to qualify it as conservative. They, they just may have a position where, you know, Enneagram's not my deal. Cool. Don't let it be your deal. Um, we've just kind of been very open-handed. And that's really kind of um, par for the course for Clear Creek. I mean, mm-hmm. we we love to get all excited about a lot of different things. And then there's other things that we're kind of like, hey, we'll just engage that if it's helpful. And if it's not, we won't. Um, and anything that's against the scriptures is, all, is an automatic out. But anything that we can see that Philippians says is true, good, beautiful, right, uh, we want to be able to engage that and not just go, well, let's just dismiss it out of hand because we're not fundamentalists. And that's what fundamentalists do. So um, in, in all things, I don't mean just Enneagram. Uh, there are great good Christians that, that are great with the Enneagram, some that aren't. We've just been open to that to go, hey, that helps us learn more about how we can know ourselves so we can be better followers of Jesus. I know that in this series, you've been really applying the gospel grid, our spiritual formation grid. Uh, how can knowing us a little bit better help us be better followers of Jesus? I'm all in. So I'm, I'm happy to be a part of this conversation. Hope that answers your question a little bit. Yeah, I think that's really <clears> helpful. Um, and just from the perspective of what we're trying to do with Clear Creek Resources in general yeah. is, you know, we, we used to say a lot, maybe we should say again, we're trying to continue the conversation. Yeah. And so part of what we want to do is have conversations that people are having all throughout the week through the lens of the gospel and the church and Jesus Christ. And so we hope that's what we're doing with this is, you know, the Enneagram doesn't say, Jesus saves. The Enneagram doesn't transform you. The Holy Spirit transforms you. You know, in community, in the church, if you know the Enneagram better than you know your Bible, you should put it away and open up your Bible. I just want to affirm that, but also we just want to engage in these conversations that are already happening as the church, you yeah. know, that's our that's our goal. So. I, I would think also just to add, we I, I've never approached it. We've never approached the enneagram as some kind of spiritual device. Mm-hmm. It's not it's not uh, divining kind of spiritual answers for us. This is it's an observational diagnostic that allows us to kind of categorize in ways that can be helpful. That's all. That's how I've seen it. And I'm like, all right, let's let's go for it. And whenever it doesn't do that well, then we 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 don't lean into it that much. So, yeah. uh, but I do think it's a fascinating. It's a fascinating conversation. I appreciate the stuff that you've been doing with all the other um, personality types. I'm just glad you finally got to the best one. So. <laughs> I was waiting for that. <laughs> yeah. it took so long. I wanted to play into the eight a little bit and with the nine here. So, uh, and, and just for the record, I know you've already said you're an eight too. So let's not let's not you can't pull. But one everyone's over surprised. One. Yeah, exactly, yes. exactly. All right, so Kara, tell me just um, what is your experience with Enneagram? When did you first hear about it? Were you skeptical about it? Uh, what was your experience just walking through it and learning? Um, I think I learned about it like maybe five years ago. A friend told me about it, and I started reading, and it was uh, it was pretty clear my what I was um, just reading through it. I don't even know that I took a test initially, um, 
But for me, I like I liked it as a tool because as a nine, I love to learn about people and like why they do what they do and mm-hmm. how I can love them. So it was good. Yeah. It's so helpful for that purpose. Yeah. So let's just walk through some of the basic characteristics of an eight yeah. and a nine for people who have never heard of that. Um, so Yancy, tell me a little bit about the eight. What's the what's the eight title? Do you know? Uh, well, Rachel, I have an ongoing <laughs> joke that I don't know much about this. Although I do, I, I know a little bit about it. You do, and you do. as you being an eight, you can always you can help me where I'm, I've misstepped here, but. I think, depending on which you ask, uh, there's a couple of titles that st- stand out. The eight is known as the powerful person or the challenger. And um, I-, I resonate with at least one of those, the challenger. <laughs> I don't know about the powerful person, but it is. Uh, those are the things that, that, those are the titles usually given him. You may know more, but those are the two that stand out, challenger and powerful. So describe um, someone who's an Enneagram eight. So just in general, because we, again, like we know, like this isn't going to describe everyone who's an eight. There's a lot of room here, but in general. So generally speaking, uh, eights are, you can say stereotyped or or, or classed as people who are direct. They're very direct in how they speak. Uh, They, truth's a big deal to them. Uh, They, they are, they love their independence. Uh, They, they can tend to have a a fierce uh, confidence about them. And the reason I say fierce confidence is because they're not just confident. They, they exude that kind of confidence and um, they're, they're, they can be very energetic, very busy, that they, uh, they're they're good at least as, as Enneagram says good at doing a, a lot of different things because they feel like they have a competence in, in a lot of different things. Um, they can be stubborn in a good way, stubborn in a bad way, headstrong in a good way, headstrong in a bad way. Um, they're, they're serious about justice issues. Uh, they don't uh, like to see bad things happening or, or I should say uh, unjust or injustice happening to people that are innocent. That really messes them up. So I would say like those are, and there's a lot more. I'm sure we'll walk through some of those as we go along. But um, that's, when I hear eights described that way, I resonate with most all of that. Mm-hmm. So those are the kind of the key characteristics among many when it comes to the eights. So... Excuse me, I'm sorry about that. Um, Kara, tell me just, again, title of nine, what does that mean, and what does that look like, some of those general characteristics? Uh, Nine is the peacemaker, and that's, for me, that was very obvious, like, yes, peace is definitely what drives me, like, that's what I seek Mm -hmm. (laughs) at all times. Um, So some characteristics of that would be, we're typically pretty calm, like, Easygoing, laid back, get along with most people, find a way to get along with most people. Um, also, can see both sides of a situation, which can be a blessing, can be a curse. Um, also, um, we just we like to be around people. We're usually all the nines that I know are pretty easy laughers. <laughs> we just like to have fun and. I guess we're good company because if you say something, we laugh. <laughs> so um, also in seeking for peace, like we want peace internally and externally. And so um, that often is exhausting, uh, just trying to manage that. And so then we can also be seen as lazy. We're hard to move, like we get stuck easily. So um, when you say hard to move, you get stuck. Does that mean emotionally stuck? 
both. Anything that just requires a like a hard decision, we Got can it. just it's it's really hard to figure it out, and so we can just get stuck. And while we're independent, we also when we're stuck would help want help. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so we're I don't know. I think we, a lot of times we can be total opposite, have total opposite. Um, like we have one desire, but then also the opposite desire, which is a little confusing. <laughs> like you want to be with everyone and it, you're, it can be hard to make a decision you want help, but you're also really independent. Right. Like that, is that what you mean? Right. Like yeah. I want to be known, but I also don't know myself. So yeah. it's, I don't know. I feel like we have a lot of contradictory things. <laughs> yeah, probably. Well, I don't know. Maybe that is unique to nines. Do you think it is? I don't know. Yeah. I would well, say at least for eights. Just to highlight one more characteristic where nines might <clears throat> struggle with indecision. That's not a struggle for eights. Eights are very decisive. Uh, I forgot to mention that in, the, in their traits, but they're very decisive. They've never, they've never met a decision that they couldn't make, and they don't have to belabor it. They, they make a decision, and they don't, they, they don't really um, ruminate too long about, was that the right decision? Was that the wrong decision? It's like, well, that's a decision. And if it's the wrong decision, well, then we'll make a better decision in the future. So maybe that would be a good way to contrast, yeah. at least mm -hmm. in one respect, you know, how, how a nine might you know, have, get paralyzed almost in trying to make a decision where they're almost a little too indecisive, or at least that's how I might characterize it as an eight. It's a challenge for them. <laughs> where yeah, an eight right. would be like, yeah, we can make that decision. I'll make it for you. Uh, right. Go there yeah. and do this. And so yeah. that's that's just one way eights are wired. Right. Um, and nines have a hard time moving. Eights are usually always moving. Right. Um, because they just move forward all the time. Right. So one of my favorite things about this series, I think I said this on another one, is that we do have these two numbers together and they have just happened to be pretty often pretty opposite right. types of numbers. Yeah. And um, that's helpful because even though everyone's not going to identify with every part of it, all of us are in relationships where we don't understand why the other person is doing what they're doing. So for an eight, who decisions are super easy for us, like, yes, this is the thing. And I'm if glad it's you the said wrong for thing, us. I'm glad you finally I did. Yeah, for you us, then, and if it's, if it's not the right thing, we just move on. Um, but for a nine, it's just not that simple. Right. But whenever you have like a marriage or friendship, those two things at the same time, I mean, that to me is part of what this is. This is this why it's a helpful conversation. Right. Is understanding where that comes from for both of us. And cards on the table. I mean, she's married to an eight. <laughs> I mean, right. so she, right. she she gets to live with. She's she's at a table two eights, but she lives with a guy who's an eight. So uh, her. Yes, yeah, so I'll tell you uh, if you guys are wrong. I know. I was about to say she's already thinking. <laughs> she already knows. <laughs> she can probably articulate the eights better than I can. So. All right, so tell me um, for eights, what's the primary uh, desire of an eight? What what is sort of what is motivating all that energy, all that decision making, everything that an eight does? Well, I'd say from what I understand, and some of this I struggle with, but because um, I'm not, I, I tend to think there, there's some other things in here, and I'll try to articulate. If you read about enneagram eights, <clears throat> it says that. Their greatest desire is to protect themselves and also to have control. And I think there's truth in that. I, I, I tend to think, at least as I look at my life being an eight, part of at least intermingled with that is to have um, 
an independence where you can, and mm-hmm. I'm sure it's tied to control, where you can have, for example, like a project, like no one's going to mess with it. You get to have it from start to finish. You get to own all of it. You get to put your fingerprints on it uh, because you you really have a strong idea about where you want to go, what you want to do mm-hmm. with it. And I think that that which I probably would tie to control. I don't know about protection, but uh, those things, I think, are the primary desires, at least I've seen in me. Uh, but but it seems like when you ask Gates, it really is a, a desire to protect themselves um, and a desire for, for real control. And, and I think that can be a good or a bad thing. Yeah. And we're going to get into how all of this intersects with our spiritual life as we are disciples of Jesus. And, you know, like you're saying, there's all these other things, mm-hmm. birth order, like where you live, like your life story, um, all sorts of things, but also how that affects you as an eight too makes yeah. a huge difference yeah. in what your desires and how that looks like is. So Kira, tell me a little bit about nines. What's the nine primary motivation or desire? What's, what's sort of the underlying thing behind all the characteristics you described? It's the desire for peace and it's both internal and external. And for me, I, those look different in... I guess how I go about being intentional and trying to get that, like internally, I like to be outside in nature and just seeing God's creation and just exploring often by myself, but I can also be with people. Um, But then externally, I'd say like, I'm super intentional with my closest friends. And so like, I want steadiness. I want reliability um, that, I know that they're going to assume the best of me, my friends, my family, all that. Um, so, like, I, I think I probably limit relationships based on that because I know that that piece is super important. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's. Um, I'm just like thinking through the difference between eights and nines, yeah. and I think eights limit relationships too. Um, but maybe for different reasons than right. that. It's not necessarily peace. It's maybe more of protection or some, something. I don't know. What do you think about that? No, I think you're right. I, I can only speak as an eight. I think, I think part of it is uh, eights limit their relational circles to being a certain size because of their, just they have trust issues. I say trust issues. I make it sound like they have all these struggles. No, they, 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 um, Maybe because of control, I'm trying to think within the paradigm that we're working mm-hmm. with with an eight. You know, they don't want to have something that's going to cause um, something that would disrupt their ability to control the situation or feel like they're they're, they're on point with this. And if they extend a relationship uh, or open a door for the inner circle with someone that they can't trust, they don't trust that 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 feels real weird to them. Mm-hmm. Uh, it feels like you know I'm I'm risking something here that I don't have to risk because uh, I'm going to risk other things. And and eights really don't mind. Risking it, you know, they're 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 not risk averse. Um, again, they're decisive, so they don't mind taking risks, but they they want to take the right kind of risks. Relationally, for them, because they do have a sense of independence, uh, they get to f- they they want to handpick who they want around them. Mm-hmm. Because um, I, I think one of the, at least the struggles, and I will talk about this later, but one of the struggles potentially for H is just the idea of vulnerability. And so they're just not going to be vulnerable with everybody. And uh, it may be even a struggle to be vulnerable with their most inner circle. That's why they're very particular. They're going to control who they want in their inner circle. Mm-hmm. And so for, for them, 
Uh, and, you know, it's not about peace. I mean, Jesus, this is real. H really are different, uh, but it, it is about. Yeah, it's really not about uh, peace. Yeah, it's not about peace. Uh, so that, that's how I, I, I think I would characterize. Um, they also may have smaller circles, um, mm-hmm. but it's for they have different motivations. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and and for me, when I first started sort of walking through some of this and other things with understanding why I do the things I do, um, I didn't, I don't know if I would have articulated before that I like have trust issues. And again, I don't really like that phrase either. Yeah. But I was like, you know, I, I do though. I'm, I'm sort of like wary of the world and people, you know, like it, 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 it takes a while for me to really trust someone with everything. Right. Once I trust you, I'm all, I'm all in, you know, like you're, I'm, I'm good to tell you anything and you're going to know me completely. But I do think there is some, some boundaries that eight sets set up in a relationship and with everything else too. You think the eights set up, uh, the boundaries they set up are, are fairly firm. So for an example to, I know both of you are good friends, um, with each other as well as with <laughs> me, but I'm, I'm curious to know, like, uh, Kara as an, as a nine, uh, and I want to. I don't want to characterize this one's better than the other. Just the differences here, just so we can articulate this for people that are listening or watching. So you have someone in your inner circle, or or, or maybe a, a secondary circle, someone who's a friend, but you know they they break your trust. Uh, I'm curious how a nine would respond. Like, oh, I I would forgive them rather quickly. I'd give them more rope, as opposed to an eight that might say, because I'm just thinking for me, mm-hmm. wow. That's that's a big deal. You break trust. It's hard for me to put you back in that circle. I might I might drop you two or three circles back. Still have a relationship with you. I don't hate you. I'm just saying. Yeah. Uh, I'm curious how that would work. If if um, how much trust plays into it, and how much broken trust, like you're able to to see beyond that as a nine. I mean, I would say I'm pretty similar because like you've just created chaos in my world. Oh, and so, so the opposite of peace. Right, yeah. and yeah. so like. Yeah. No. <laughs> and like, that's exhausting. And I already exhaust myself. So I, yeah, mm. it would, it, I don't think I would have that much leeway. Yeah. I, I wouldn't really have known that um, about someone who is a nine. I know that there are other types of personalities, which they sort of struggle with the opposite, letting too many people in, yeah. um, being too <clears throat> dependent, emotionally connected to other people. That's their struggle. And I think for eights, it can sort of be the opposite like making sure you have really intimate, vulnerable relationships around you um, because it's so important. I mean, especially right. when we, you know, we tar- tar- start talking about um, being disciples and relationally honest and real accountability is, is a huge part of our spiritual growth. So to recognize that that's a struggle for us is really important, right. Right? you know, for whatever reason it is. What would you say are um, the challenges of being a nine and I know this is like maybe repetitive but what's the what's the big challenge and then tell me what's the superpower of a nine um I there's probably two big challenges one being uh not knowing themselves like um just kind of squashing your own desires and um and just not exploring what you really want or in need and like, cause you're just so focused externally on making other people happy and making your environment peaceful that like people ask me favor, like both of you ask me <laughs> questions like, what's your favorite this? What, <laughs> what do you like about this? And I'm like, I don't know. Like I don't spend time exploring that, which is hard 
relationally, it's hard, you know, making decisions. Um, but then also conflict is just a difficult thing. Like it's, you know, if you want peace, you don't want conflict. And so you becoming a Christian has helped me to get through that. But that's just a, that's hard for, I think, most nines because mm-hmm. it's just the opposite. You think it's the opposite of peace. It seems like the opposite of peace because you have to get through chaos right. to get through it. Um, superpower, I would say, is probably just seeing both sides of a situ- any situation. Um, that can also be a negative just because like gray areas are super gray. Like mm-hmm. <laughs> black and white yeah. is not yeah. like I... I'm always thankful when things are black and white because that I would rather be easy, but I can feel what other people feel. And so when they tell me this is why then I'm like, Oh yeah, that makes sense. And then the other side tells me, and I'm like, Oh yeah, that makes sense too. (laughs) So like you both have a point. And so sometimes that's, I mean, a lot of times that's helpful in bringing people together and saying, well, you said this and you said this, but really you have these similarities. And so let's come together on that, even though you disagree on these other things. And it means you're kind to everybody too. I try. Because because (laughs) nobody is um, wrong or the enemy. Right. You know, yeah, which I think is is really unique in our society right now to find that somebody yeah. who can really oh you have a point you have a point so I can love you both right is a superpower yeah I think yeah <laughs> I, how I see that sorry to interrupt no. I was trying to take advantage of your call I know sorry. Um, <laughs> <clears throat> I think I think it's a great superpower for community because uh, mm-hmm. nines tend to be I'm going to use the term nines are sticky people they're people that when other people get around they stick to them because they're so open and engaging and they're disarming you know they're they're actually we'd had a conversation kind of a pre-podcast interview when we did this and one of the things Kara mentioned uh, and we may get to it later but just the fact that uh, nines like like threes also will they'll sit and they will listen to someone else talk and they don't feel the need to interrupt and will not talk unless they're asked to you know until they have their space where maybe an eight would just keep going or uh, you know someone else might a one whatever uh, I'm making up numbers at this point <clears throat> but I just I, don't say anything above nine he's right I, I just yeah the, the thirteen says uh, they're very unlucky um, but what I, I appreciate about uh, I do think it's a superpower. I mean, every power, every superpower has is also inverse our weakness as well. But man, to just be around people and to love them as people and to give them a lot of rope, uh, I think it's fantastic. Because that's not, I'll speak as for me, and it may not be an eight. I'm, I'm just, tend, I, I'm not like that. I tend to be a little more guarded and like, uh, I, I'm not trying to scope people out, but <clears throat> I'm, I'm, I'm not a, a great, I'm, I'm more gray than I ever used to be, but I'm, I'm not like, the world's gray. Let's just, you know, I know you're married to an eight. Uh, there's a right and there's a wrong. And right. so um, I just so deeply appreciate hearing about that. Like, I'm like, oh, one day I'll never be that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I love it too. Because again, it is so different. I remember um, back we called it creation school. What what was it? Was the it was the God and science uh, forum that we did um, about creation. Yeah, and 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 I just remember because I love that. I'm like let's let's look at each point of view and let's figure it out. And I know you'd love stuff like that too. Yeah. And I remember Kara was like, "Ah," like like we don't know the answer and it's fine. Like God's the creator and that's what matters. Right. Kara's like, are we just going to go eat dinner afterwards? Yes. What are we going to do for dinner <laughs> I'm afterwards? here this, for the yeah, fellowship. That's right. <laughs> that's right. But that's amazing to me yeah. because to me that like, 
fires me up. Like I love stuff like that. And and like it didn't make you uncomfortable. No. But you just you don't that doesn't fire you up. Yeah. You know, you're just you're you're fine with gray. With like I don't really know what the exact answer is to this. Right. And it's it is unknown, so it doesn't I don't feel the need to try to figure it out because I can't. <laughs> By the way, when we when we say gray, we're not saying that uh, that a nine, when they see something in the Bible that says something's wrong, kind of wonders, is that really wrong? That's not what they're great we're talking about. We're talking about all the things the scriptures don't speak to, right. where you have to use discernment and people have just different convictions. They're just okay with a lot of people's different convictions and feel no need to be like, well, here's my conviction, might be a law, you know, so where an eight might go, yeah, well, your convictions are wrong, <laughs> you know, so I just appreciate that about a nine. I do too, and, and I will say, like, Kara, I mean, you're one of the people who I know who cares the most about truth. So it's not that, like you're saying, oh, it's yeah, not, not that I don't care about not truth. Right. It's just that if it's gray, it's okay with you. Right. And for an eight, if it's gray, you're like, all right, it's gray. We're like, let's talk about all the ways it could be and let's figure <laughs> sure. it out. Yeah. You know, it's just different. All right. So Yancy, tell me, you talked about um, at least a couple of the challenges. You can yeah. give a little bit more or tell me also superpowers of an eight. Uh, I, I think the superpower of an eight is I, I, I think that they can be, and I know that I, think, I believe the threes said this as well. I think it's also true of eights. They can be incredibly focused. Um, they, they, a lot of things that may bother other personality numbers, other Enneagram numbers, don't bother eights as much because eights are very confident in their skill set. And so they're not worried about, is this going to, how's this going to make everyone feel? Now that can be a big negative, right? <clears throat> but it can also be incredible positive that they're like, I know what I need to have to get done. I'm going to go do it. And I'm going to do it with as best as I can and try to work with people as best as I can. But I'm going to finish this. I'm going to complete this. Um, and, and maybe that's tied to their, their desire for power and control. I also think they like to influence Eights tend to be influencers. Anytime I've ever taken a personality test, I always test out, top out at, 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 as influencer. So I'm, I'm probably assuming eights do a little bit of that, I mean, unless I've got something else going on. Um, so I, I just think that there's a lot of, um, I mean, as far as their, you know, to boil down their superpower, um, I, I think there are people that you can depend on. Said, here's a mission. I need you to take this mission, and they're like, let's go do it. I can do it. I'll get it done. And they don't dilly dally around. They're, they get hyper focused, and um, I think that's. That's a strength. Mm -hmm. That's a superpower. They have a lot, actually, but I don't want to say <laughs> He's like, how much time do we have? Okay, so I want to make sure we spend some time. Well, let me, before we go any further, what would, would you resonate with that? Or would you say that there's a... Because yeah. you really are more studied in this than I would be. So I'd be remiss to not even ask, is there a different kind of or an additional superpower, like one more that would that, that you would articulate that eights are really good at that, that I missed on that? Well, I was actually, while you were talking, I was thinking, is, is that me or not? Because we are really different sure. eights, of course. And I think, um, I don't know if influencer is, I don't think I would test as that. Mm. I think you have a lot more energy and um, you're, you're just a little bit different than I am. I, I would say one for me would would be in a different way, the ability to see the other side. So I think for an eight, it's the ability to see the other side and then and then the boldness to, to try to make that happen. So um, we really aren't um, afraid of change. We're really not afraid of even, like, like we said, making decisions, making mistakes. Yeah, yeah. Um, if, if we believe in it, then um, we're going to go for it and we're going to try to draw others into that. I think that's right. a, a superpower of an eight as well. 
Um, yeah, I'd agree with that. I would say uh, now that I probably needed you to speak for it more than I did so I could think about it more. But I think eights are one of their superpowers. They can be champions mm-hmm. for whatever. Uh, I mean, yeah. if, if they believe in it, they're going to champion it. And, um, and they're not really swayed by everyone's emotion. I mean, they're they're very rational about like they can explain to you this is why this is the greatest thing here. Now they get emotionally excited about it, and that's why they become great champions because they're just not swayed by other people. They're not, um, uh, and that that's a good and a bad thing, right? Right. But uh, they're not. They can't be very. <clears throat> they're they're really they have Teflon when it comes to emotional manipulation. Mm-hmm. They're just not right. really easily manipulated by people's emotions, and and. And that doesn't mean that everyone's trying to manipulate them. But for those that do try to, it just doesn't work for them. Like people that have the power of woo, you know, they're like, hey, I can, I can charm that person. You can't charm an eight. Uh, generally speaking, you can't charm an eight because they've got an inner set of convictions where, where, where someone might think these are all grays. They probably have a little more black and white. And if it's black and white to them, it doesn't really matter. Mm-hmm. You'd have to process and talk with them to work them out of that. And if you can't do that, well, then it's just you, you can't. You can try to strong arm them, but that would be even worse because eights resist any kind of strong arming. Any oh man, they can't do that. So um, yeah, and I think that's a superpower. Again, every superpower has its own dark side to it, but uh, generally it speaking, there's can some, be. there's some great time. Man, when the heat's on and people don't know what to do, eights are like, I know what to do. Let's go do this. Yeah. And so, and for a lot of other personalities, they want to hear that. They need someone to do that. So I think that's. I so. remember uh, talking to somebody one time, and they were they said, uh, "Well, eights don't care what people think about them." And I said, "That's not true. That's not true. Um, we definitely do. Um, we just we just aren't going to be moved by it." Um, which I don't know if that sometimes that's good and yeah. sometimes it's not good. That's right. But um, but whenever we do believe something, um, we're if someone doesn't like us for it, we're okay with that. And that's confusing to a lot of people. But I think that again can be a superpower and can also be negative, like yeah. everything else. But you also care what people think that are close to you that you trust. Yeah. Like those. That influences you to think Definitely. maybe I'm wrong, but if just some random person tells you something, you're like, I don't care that I'm. That's not. Yeah, that's not going to move me. Right. Everyone's not going to like me. Right. Absolutely, though. We. I, I mean, we care deeply for people. Right. And about the people that we love. But yeah, I, I'm curious if eights and nines are similar in this respect. Is that I know for eights, <clears throat> they're incredibly loyal, and I know just knowing Kara. Uh, and I, I'd assume she's fairly representative of nines. They're fairly loyal. They're loyal too. So, I mean, loyalty's a big deal. It's a big deal. So it does matter what pe- they, they eights do care about what people think. I would probably argue they don't care about what everybody thinks. Right. Yeah. Right. Um, to to the people to whom they're the people to whom they're loyal. Man, they really care what they think. Um, but even that, there's if they still have a conviction about something, right. like I care what you think, and I'm gonna, t- and because I care, I'm gonna talk to you about why I'm gonna go this way, and you want me to go that way. But I'm, we're gonna have a conversation because I'm, I'm loyal to you. Uh, in mm-hmm. fact, I interpret my loyalty as being honest with you. Yeah. And. Um, but where I, uh, so I, I just think there's some common ground between eights and nines, and sure, there's I'm sure a ton of other enneagrams. But I mean, loyalty is a huge thing, right. yeah. huge thing. Eights, nines, and thirteens, all of them. Eights, <laughs> nines, and those unlucky thirteens. Okay, so I want to talk about spiritual growth grid. Um, I'm going to spend some time on that. Um, this is uh, one of the primary ways we just think about spiritual growth in our church. It begins with who God is and what He's done for us, and then goes through what that means about our identity and what we're called to. 
So once we become a disciple of Jesus, once we repent and believe, um, then we um, have these whole new identities. When you think about the Enneagram, which is not your identity, right. it's just some describe some of your characteristics. How does that affect how you think of yourself as a citizen in God's kingdom um, who is called to listen and obey God? Because that's sort of the first line. We're, we're, we're citizens in God's kingdom and we listen and obey him. So how, how does that work within your own personality traits? Um, I would say for me, it's knowing myself, like spending the time. Like when I first got to this church, when I wanted to serve, I'm like, I don't know what my gifts are. Like Doug's gifts are obvious. He's got so many. Like why I don't, I don't know what mine are. And so I felt called to figure that out, to know how God wired me and... Um, like not just be, you know, bland Kara that doesn't know and just cares about other people so much that she doesn't even, you know, how can you serve them if you don't even know yourself? And so for me, it was just examining like how, how do I use my gifts the way that God created me to help the kingdom? Mm-hmm. And so that, I mean, that's just probably a constant thing and being in relationships and gospel community has helped me to see ways that I can help and ways, you know, ways that he, I can be used and then listening to that. Yeah. I really, I'm like, please don't call yourself bland Kara. <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> I'm not going to interrupt you. Let that egg come save you. Let that egg come save you. No. Right, exactly. Oh exactly right. <laughs> what about you, you, Yancy, when it comes to listening and obeying, how, how is it maybe hard for your personality or, you know, what does that look like for you? Uh, I think in ways it's not very hard because uh, there's a direct line of command and an eight receives that. Like eights like, again, if control's important to them, they know that ultimately uh, they have, if they're in a kingdom, that's the king, he's in control. And I think they're okay as long as it's clear lines. Like that's the guy I'm following. Uh, but at the same time, it becomes the, the, the tension in their own hearts is like, but I have a very good idea about how I want my life to be. Mm-hmm. And... Um, <clears throat> And there, there are just going to be times where, uh, and many times in your own sanctification, that you're growing in what it looks like to live as a citizen of the kingdom of God that doesn't, it's not intuitive to you, right? When it says, turn the other cheek or pray for your enemies and love your enemies or, you know, so on and so forth. Um, your, your internal, like, this is right and wrong, needs to be recalibrated. And that's hard. That's where you really need the Holy Spirit because eights are so um, dogged about what they believe is right and true that um, even even reading it in the scriptures, I mean, you can read it and they want to believe that that's the right way to do it. I think they, it, they, they mentally believe that it's right. They're trusting in their heart like this is the better way because eights are very confident what they think the better way is for them. And so, uh, if uh, if if uh, being out of control is one of their fears, well, listen, there's only one Lord, mm. and and there can't be two, and so that's where eight's going to have to really work. Now, once they come, once they once they finally yield to it, they're amazing because <laughs> they stay with it, right? It's getting them there that can be the hard part. Yeah. Uh, surrender, <clears throat> is, surrender is 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 the pathway yeah. Yeah. to re- to real obedience and and fruit, and that that can be hard. And, and while that's true for every person, right, right, sure. some of our personalities, like eights, may have a harder time with it. That's why I'm saying they're amazing once they can get over that mm-hmm. hill. They just have to get over the hill. So, 
Yeah, I think that's really helpful. Um, for me, it's also how I listen and obey. So, mm. you know, because there are lots of things like you guys have both been talking about a lot of the strengths are also weaknesses. And so when, I, when I'm when i honest with myself, okay, these are some of the challenges for me, like you're talking about. Um, I can still be a challenger, but also see how God calls me in his word to be a challenger, which is to be humble, to be sacrificial, to be gentle, to give honor to the leaders who are set above me. Um, so it just changes what it looks like right. whenever I'm living into my eightness, if I'm going to listen and obey well. Yeah. What about um, loving and serving? So as a nine, how, how do you love and serve your new family that you're adopted into through Jesus? Um, I would say one way is through conflict in both helping people that are in conflict, like I said earlier, and like coming alongside and saying, okay, well, the other person said this, or can you, you know, finding Mm -hmm. common ground in that, but then also uh, allowing conflict in my life and working through it instead of running away from it. And I know ideally I mean, that's the only way to restore relationships and that's what God calls us to do. And so there won't be reconciliation if you don't actually allow the conflict to happen and work through it. And so um, that's one way that I've grown and just appreciate it and definitely don't run to it. But if I know that it's there, then I absolutely engage in it because I want to get to the other side. And I know for my peace, I Mm -hmm. need that even though it's hard in the middle of it, but that's, you know, my community needs me to do that. And so it's loving, right? It really is the only way to love. Well, right. What about you, Yancy, when it comes to loving and serving and your personality type? Well, first, let me just say, I would think nines are really built well for, for loving and serving and community. Mm -hmm. I mean, I've just, I've, I've known Kara for, and you have, you and I both have known her for years. When I think of other nines, Again, I think of them as kind of sticky. They're the glue. Mm-hmm. They're 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 really built well for it. I'm not too sure. So for I think eights get a hard rap. They get a bad rap for community because they're truth tellers, and uh, there are a lot of other personalities that think you know now is not the time to tell that kind of <laughs> truth. Um, and sometimes that's true, but sometimes it's not. So I I think the way eights can contribute to loving and serving because we're a, a gospel family. <clears throat> Excuse me, is by um, is by telling the truth. the the uh, the the catch for the the downfall for the H. I mean, the Achilles heel is not the ever the what. It's always the how. And so, my personal struggles over the last you know I don't know forty years of being a Christian is trying to grow in uh, trying to teach myself the how matters. The how matters. The how matters. Uh, not just like hey, I need to tell you this truth because I love you. And I'll tell you the truth that, that everyone else is thinking, but no one's got the guts to tell you. I'll tell you that truth um, because I love you. But, but oftentimes, <clears throat> excuse me, if I'm not careful, I'm just going to tell it in the way that I'd want it to be. I'm just going to tell you the black and white of it. Like, here's the, you've done this, this, instead of just considering that person also has feelings. And uh, they, no one wants to be called out. And everyone wants to feel loved. And so I could say the exact same Content, but just put a different wrap, put a bow mm-hmm. on it. Put that, and, but that's not selling out. And that's what eights tend to think. It's like, man, I'm selling out. If I no, it's not. It's because you love them and you're trying to say something to them in the best way they can hear it. The irony is, I'm a preacher. I mean, I my basic 
What I get paid for more than anything else is standing up in a pulpit and preaching and saying things in a way that uh, that are true, but also in a way that people can best hear them. Like I, I, I coach people and like, you need to think about how to put this in a way where people can best receive it. But it's the, the challenge is when I'm just being, you know, outside of that, talking to people <laughs> like, hey, Carrie, you know, da, 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 and just thinking, surely the way I'm saying this is loving, but it, it very well may not be. It's again, eights tend to be very direct. And I just want everyone to understand like, like they're not intentionally trying to make anyone angry or to not love them well. They just tend to, like I think every other number, they interpret their world the way that they see it. Right. And so they're just thinking, I'm going to, you live with an eight, right? So I, I'm sure if that you If I love you, right. I will be direct right. with you. Right. right. And so uh, the, the biggest learn for me, or one of the biggest learns for me um, is in trying to love and serve is to understand that love doesn't only include uh, isn't only telling the truth. It's telling the truth in a loving way. And and so that just means, just take five seconds and go, what's the best way that Kara can hear this or that Rachel can hear this? And that's all that it takes. But just even that feels like that's that takes too long. I want to just tell them this, right? Because what they need, you know, eights have almost this impulse that everything has to happen now. We don't need to wait around. Let's just keep going. They they do. They don't right. almost have that impulse. Right. Yeah. So, so that's those. That's at least uh, one learn is yeah. uh, you know because if not, uh, eights gonna are gonna be seen as uh, people who are overly critical, and it, that that really hurts community. Uh, mm-hmm. And so you have nines that'll put up with them. But you'll have other numbers, uh, people who have personalities that, that they just struggle with eights. Uh, and, and part of that's just, we're just different people. Mm-hmm. But they struggle with them because they're like, yeah, those people are just, golly, they're a drag. When the, when the eights like, oh, no, it's great. It's like, hey. <laughs> you know, but those are the learns. That's, that's some of the learns. Yeah, I think what a lot of what both of you guys are saying is just super, super helpful. Um, even listening to you talk about what nines bring and how they can love well um, our gospel family, um, I'm really thinking through you and all the other nines here who just do that so well. And I'll say one of one of the big learns for me, just whether it's, again, Enneagram or any sort of like trying to understand myself and how God wired me is being okay that that's not me. Right. Because I think I'd be remiss to not mention the fact that a lot of times if you are a woman and you're an eight or a personality like that, yeah. um, it can be, it can feel tough because you feel like, well, I really, to be a Christian, especially, I should be this way. Right. I need to be more like Kara, you know, but I'm not. I mean, I'm not Kara. And I think to recognize it, um, that's never going to happen. God wired me just completely differently. It's a good thing because we need each other. Right. Yeah. Exactly. That's why you surround yourself with different people. Right. And so like I need you to show me how to do things and you need me. And yeah. Yeah. And but I need, to appreciate and you, you for that and not. Yeah. Yeah. Kind not of. think you need to be that way or not right. resent it, but just love each other right. in our uniqueness right. and like all the different gifts that. that God gave us and yeah. the, the body. Yeah. It's, it's really, it, it can be amazing, but it's like you, you have to understand, well, how did God wear you? Right. Or else you're going to be, tr- like you said, trying to do like maybe not doing anything or trying to do the wrong thing instead right. of living into how God created you to do, to be and what he created you to do. And speaking of that, the last one I want to work through is just how are you missional? So we're ambassadors for Christ. We are on mission to go and make fully devoted followers of Jesus. So how do you do that as a nine? What does it look like as an eight? 
Uh, is it different? I'll let you finish it because I, I, this is an easy one, I think, <laughs> for me, uh, at least one of the things. Eights don't mind having uh, intense conversations with seekers. Uh, they don't mind having hard conversations. They're not flustered when, um, <clears throat> I'm going to speak generally speaking, eights aren't flustered. They're actually energized by hard conversations, by debate. Uh, if someone gets emotional, it doesn't fluster them at all. They're like, oh, we're finally getting somewhere. Cause we're, so, I mean, when I have conversations with, with people that are not Christians and they want to ask hard questions and they even get emotional about it, I'm, I'm probably more alive than, I'm, than in any other moment because I'm like, oh, this is real. This feels real, and I'm not intimidated by anything they say or anything they do, and they don't feel that I'm I'm not powering up with them. I'm just looking them in the eye, and we're going to have a conversation. And there's a there's a uh, without trying to um, be triumphalistic with eights, there is a fearlessness that eights tend to have that can be seen as kind of bullheaded. You know, they're a little bu- too bullheadish, if you will. But but oftentimes uh, they're 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 more than willing to have. Really, uh, they're, they're more than willing to have conversations with lost people where other personalities might be intimidated to it, might be fearful of it. They're not. They're just not. They're not fearful. That can be a good and bad thing. But as far as like serving the kingdom, they can really be good missionaries because they're pioneering. They're mm-hmm. they're they're somewhat entrepreneurial just in their emotions. They're like, hey, let's just go get it. And um, they're never. I don't want to say never. <clears throat> it may be because they, they they may have a false confidence. I don't know. But when someone asks them a question about Jesus, they they, they they don't they don't hyperventilate. They're like, you know, hey, yeah, let's let's talk about this. Uh, that's what I've seen generally, and I don't just say that for me. I say that for any other eight that I've that I know. Uh, you know, whether whether you or uh, you know your husband uh, and other eights, they're um, they're they're willing to. They're, they're the ones that everyone else feels awkward about because they're having this real intense conversation, <laughs> usually with some other eights, and everyone thinks they're mad at each other and they're just talking. And so uh, I, I think that's never happened. Yeah. So I, th- I think that's a strength when it comes to uh, going and multiplying, which is that third uh, storyline of the gospel for our identity as missionaries. They're they're um, they're good for those kinds of things for the kind of the the debateish. Uh, I, I really have to think. And we have a lot of engineers here, so that they really want to argue through things. Uh, eights are good for that. I'm not saying there's no one else's. Just eights are good for that. No. Yeah. That is a great. I hadn't ever thought about that, but that is so true. Yeah. I mean, I, you, yeah, you can think through, and you can think on your feet. And so, yeah. you know, for me, that that would be paralyzing. Or, I mean, not that I wouldn't engage in the conversation, but yeah. it would definitely not be as smooth and, I don't know. Eights are generally fast processors. Yeah. So when you have someone giving you a lot of stuff, they're, they're thinking like this all the time. It's, right. You know, they, they're, they're, they're processing units just fast. Not better, just fast. Right. As opposed to other... You know, nines potentially where it's like, no, I need a longer, I need a longer thought process to go on here. Now I'm going to come up probably to the same answer, but I've got to work through it differently. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's what I would say for eights. Yeah. What about you? <laughs> I would say yes. I I create uh, a space where I can do it more naturally for me, and so for me that would be we I in student ministry, um, leading a group of girls. Uh, I've been doing it for many years, and that's just more of a natural where you can have one-on-one conversations or smaller group conversations that it's in an environment where it's expected. And so like you're, they're here to learn about Jesus. And so it's not me just going out and saying, Hey, do you know who Jesus is? You know, like it's, they're there. I know why they're there. They know why they're, they're there. That's a lot of theirs. And, um, and so 
that just already takes down barriers mm-hmm. for me. And then also just like I love community. And so I can love and listen and, um, you know, have hospitality, invite them to mm-hmm. the house for things and, um, you know, go for coffee. That's more natural for me to love people and to show them who Jesus is um, instead of just, you know, I don't know, finding a random person that I've never met. Yeah, like I I, that. That's super hard for me. Because and we so, need that. I mean, we need, our church needs everything that you have to offer. So to understand where you're comfortable and where your gifts are going to be I feel like you're trying to counsel her. Like, it's <laughs> no, okay. No. It's okay. Just, there's, well, there's just so many people I know who are listening who are like, I don't know. Right. Where, where should I be serving? How can I be on mission if I'm not Yancey? Oh, no. See, I, I um, think it's the opposite for me. How I think about it is like, when I listen to Kara talk as a nine, I'm like, oh, we need to... We need about three people who are eights, and we need 97 people who are, who are nines. Only because in the end, yeah. I mean, this, so I, I would think of eights, they're more like informational evangelism. They're great at information, right? But nines are amazing at relational evangelism. And we really, that's, that's what most people need. I mean, even the mm-hmm. most educated, articulate, argumentative kind of intellectuals, when you love on them. Right. I mean, yeah. Jesus didn't say that you'll know them by their intellect. You'll know them by their love. So um, now, to be fair, eights are trying to love the way that they're trying to, by, right, by right. talking about this. Just when I listen to you, I'm oh, like, yeah. oh, this is the kind of like, this is what I want my kids to. That, that's why uh, I think nines can be incredibly effective at evangelism because they, they create environments relationally where people can feel safe yeah, and seen. loved. Uh, transparent, mm-hmm. and that you're there for the long haul. Like I'm, I'm ready to go to the next deal. Like, <laughs> hey, it's good to talk to you. See ya. Yeah. Well, I think that's that's really important too because so we we are talking in generalities, sure, right? Absolutely. And we're talking about stereotypes <clears throat> and these these big characteristics that we have as this type of person. But of course, like you you cannot um, follow Jesus and not be in relationship and, and love well and be vulnerable and be kind and be humble and be sacrificial. Just like you know, you also have to to understand your faith and be able to, to defend your faith and speak, especially, truth. and speak truth in the world that we live in. You have to have all that. But knowing that maybe it's not where you lean to helps you to live into your gifts and to know where your weaknesses are. So you can like walk alongside other people who also have the strengths like we've been saying. So, yeah. And I, I think you're right. I think that the, the aim of using the Enneagram, at least in this respect, is not to uh, typecast you, but it is to free you up to mm-hmm. go, it's good the way God wired me. And I, you know, there, there's a multiplicity and a variety of gifts and abilities and talents and wirings, and we need all of them. And so if anything, just this whole conversation that we've had uh, is just to recognize that all of these unique wirings, they all, God uses them in this kaleidoscope to put into play how we can best love and serve and mm-hmm. go and multiply and, and listen and obey and just be better followers of Jesus. I like listening to other people because it helps me to appreciate them all the more. Uh, it, it's, it, and it's also just good to have friends, good friends, close friends in your circle that are not like you. Right. You know, to, if, if we're going to use the numbers, that eights need nines and nines need threes, and threes need... We, it's just good, because it just reminds us of the goodness of God, First Corinthians, where we're all put together mm-hmm, from right. different parts of the mm-hmm. body. So um, if anything, I just listening to Kara, I, 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 I love nines all the more because they, they do things that I'm just not as good at and mm-hmm. still called to do. Right. So, Okay, so we've ended all the podcasts with the same question. Mm-hmm. So tell me, or tell everyone listening... 
how can we, if, if someone's hearing this and they're like, oh, I'm married to an eight, they don't even know. Someone like an eight or someone like a nine. How can we better love them if someone uh, has these sort of personalities or characteristics in our life? Kara, you start. <laughs> um, I would say just that nines want to be known. I mean, I think that's another desire, even though we don't know ourselves all as completely as we should. Um, and so, but we're not going to make ourselves known. Like we're not, if I'm in a large group, I'm not going to throw out conversation or questions or jump in the middle of somebody talking or, you know, I will wait until there's a space for me to talk. And so if you are in a relationship with a nine, a friendship, whatever, um, just making, being intentional and getting to know them, but also knowing, like Yancey was saying, we are slow processors. I think for me, I don't know if it's all nines, but for me, I am so busy listening, whereas eights are like listening, but also thinking at the same time. For me, I am like so engaged in listening and remembering and knowing who I'm talking to that I have nothing ready to respond. Or, I mean, like I might be able to answer or ask a follow-up question, but like I... I just want to listen well. And so if you ask me a question, I might be really slow to answer it or may not know right away uh, or maybe not even know it about myself. So um, I think I think that's pretty true for nines. Yeah, that's really helpful for me. I mean, that's super helpful Oh, it is. Advice. It is. Um, it, it is because I've had enough engagements with nines. And I would argue my wife, who I, she is a one, I hope I said that correctly, or I'll hear yes. from it later on. <laughs> you guys would know. She's also a slow processor, and so, uh, and I, I'd almost say they're regular processors. Eights tend to be fast. That's all. And so, I, what I've learned is like, you know, I she, she and she's good enough to tell me I need some time to think about that, which is helpful for me because mm-hmm. I'm I'm thinking yeah. like, come on, you don't. You, you haven't responded, and I'm interpreting that as you don't care. Right. Uh, and she's like, no, I, I care. I just need some time to think through that. And what's always inevitable is that when she comes to a conclusion, it's very well thought through. It's probably to a better conclusion than I came to because I did mine in four milliseconds. She did hers in four seconds, and it's much better. And I just I just have to learn how to do that in a way where one's not right or wrong. We just have to learn how to work mm-hmm. in a way that, that enhances each other to the max. That, that's all. Remind me of the question, how do, what do people need to know about us? to? Yeah, how, how can we <clears throat> best love someone like Yancey? Oh, man, say eights. <laughs> Don't say Yancey. Um, whether, we're, whether we're thinking about someone who we're trying to reach yeah. um, for the kingdom or someone in our gospel family, yeah. whatever it is, how do we do that? Well, I, obviously, I'll give an answer, and I'd love for you to follow up as an eight, especially since we're closing this out, and I know you think deeply about it. But I think for me, um, it... it, it I'll say, just in the past, people who've done this well, where I've resonated with is when they they give me the benefit of the doubt that I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to be mean or short or, you know, uh, dismissive of them. I'm focused. I'm intensely thinking. I mean, I'm the eights are at least that I know of are intense thinkers. And so sometimes what that looks like is I just don't care. When the truth is, I probably care more deeply than anyone else in that room about the things that we're doing. I'm, I'm just trying to, I'm, 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 I live in it. And so the great thing is, is that it's, 
passionate, right? It's one of my pride, I think one of the strengths I bring to the pulpit. But that same kind of intensity also can be uh, intimidating and frankly off-putting because people think that you're mad at it. I, I once had a lady tell me one time, just call me out of the blue in the lobby. I'm just walking through the lobby and she's like, hey, can I talk with you? I'm like, yeah. She's like, why are you angry at me? And I'm like, I don't know what you're talking about. She's like, you, you looked at me and you look like you're angry at me. I'm like, I, I, I'm not angry at you at all. I'm just thinking intensely. So Every I, eight has heard <clears throat> that before. And I've had to tell people ahead yeah. of time, listen, I have this kind of a face that means eights aren't good at hiding their, you know, they're not good at hiding anything because they're just trying to be who they are. And at least that's how they interpret that. And so I'm just... I'm just thinking deeply, and I'm and it, you know, my deep thinking face looks like I'm mad. <laughs> I actually had they were like you you were looking me right in the eye, and you were and it was really intense. And I was like, oh, I was just, I, I was just thinking. I really yeah. was just thinking. Yeah, and eights are eights are big thinkers in that they live in their head. So I think the best way to one of the better ways to live with eights is to give them the benefit of the doubt that um, you know they want to do the right thing. And so I, I told you guys this. You know, Bruce and I have worked together for now a quarter of a century. Uh, Bruce is a three, and um, he has to, you know, we joke about he has to put up with me because I'm an eight, and I'm a contrarian, I'm a challenger, and and one of the things where Bruce is, anytime Bruce has had to correct me, and I've needed correction, I mean, everyone does, but I, he's pulled me aside, and one of the first things he says is like, you know, I know that you didn't mean to come across like this, or I know that you really love people, and I know that you want to do the right thing. And that alone, just that, mm-hmm. is like, oh, cool. So I'll, you can tell me anything you want, because he knows once he tells me something that uh, that I've done that's not been good or it's been wrong, or, he knows I'm going to beat myself up. Like, he knows I'll be my, I mean, eights have a hard time getting over doing something that they thought was wrong, because they're trying to do their best to do the right thing. But the fact that he just acknowledges, hey, man, I'm going to give you the, I give you the benefit of the doubt. I know you, and I know that you love this, that, or the other. And, um, you know, maybe you should have done it this way. And he doesn't even have to say maybe. I'm like, I, I should have done it that way. <laughs> mm-hmm. And um, that as as uh, and then he can say whatever hard thing he has to say to me and eights can take that kind of stuff but i i don't uh, i'm still going to take it personally but i feel loved mm-hmm. i feel loved when someone gives me the benefit of the doubt going i know that you know if we're going to use a different if we're going to use the like when i think of eights i think of an animal like they're the like, lions i know you're going to roar and, and i know you you know when everyone else is just kind of talking you're roaring and you don't think you're roaring um, but you are and I just want you to know, we know what you're talking about. Just think through how you're doing this. That's just so helpful for me because I'm, I'm blind to my own blindness. And so um, that's, I think, giving eights the benefit of the doubt and just acknowledging that. Hey, man, I know you meant the right thing. Uh, that just gives the eights a sense of like, oh, you know, they don't think I'm the worst person in the room <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, or that I'm trying to strong arm everybody or that I don't care about this person's feelings. I do. I just don't express that in the way that they express it. That's been, uh, that's, you know, I don't know what else you would add to that. There's a lot of other things I'm curious you would add, but that's been super gracious uh, or super helpful for me. And that kind of grace been shown to me. Yeah, I agree with that. I think that's a great answer. I concur. Okay. There we go. (laughs) Yeah. There we go. Well, thank you guys so much for being here. It really was a great conversation and love you both a lot. You're very unique personalities, <laughs> and I hope this was a helpful conversation for everybody. I think it will yes. be. Yeah, well, we love you too. Thank you for Thanks, the conversation. Rachel. Yeah. Thank you guys so much for listening today. I hope this conversation was helpful. If you want to watch the video of this podcast or share it with a friend, you can find it at clearcreekresources.org, where you can also find articles, music, and a lot more. 
Again, I'm Rachel. Thanks so much for joining us today.